0: gonna be talking a little bit today about uh, spiritual fatigueness. Uh, really, gonna be talking a lot today about understanding the spiritual life that's been deposited within us, um, but the experience that we have on the journey with the spiritual life. Um, many of you and myself, when you receive Jesus Christ, you receive a deposit from heaven. It's called being born again or being born from above, where where there was something of God through his Holy Spirit that was deposited within us that the Bible uses illustrations as a seed, almost like a seed going in the ground, or like a seed that, that, that a baby comes from. Uh, there was a seed deposited within all of us that there is incredible supernatural life in, and that seed is desiring to grow, It's desiring to live. It's desiring to eat, it's desiring to have experiences, it's desiring to to love the Lord and to live in the design that the Lord has for it. But many times on our Christian journey, we start to get fed by other areas of Christianity that might be more from traditions or other doctrines that's not necessarily the core doctrines of the church, that that's our experience of Christianity, and then it leaves us hungry. It leaves us actually wanting more. And um, what I'm wanting to do is I'm wanting to sort of bring us back to the core. You know, today is Memorial Day where we're sort of celebrating those men and women that have fought for what we have today. And thank you so much if that is you that is in this room. We are very grateful for that. But also what we're going to look at today is we're going to go back to really the core of the church and and really what is that environment that allowed the spiritual life to excel, to grow, to almost explode in growth. Because many times our experience in our Christian journey is not like that experience. And what we end up doing is we end up interpreting our experiences based on more of our natural experiences. Like my age, I'm starting to lose hair, so now I'm thinking maybe my spiritual man is not doing as strong. It's just the way that we are sometimes. We look at our natural experiences and we begin to interpret that into our spiritual experiences. Even the apostle Paul said these words. He said this, Do not lose heart, though the outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. But because of different seasons, different circumstances, different, different past failures, our age, all of these different experiences that we have since the moment we receive that eternal life on the inside of us, we begin to interpret our our experiences wrong. So today I'm going to take us back to our core. Um, Peter also picks up on this in, in First Peter. Listen to what he says. He says these words, we are to grow into our salvation. When he says that word grow, he's literally saying we are to increase in size into our salvation. So the title for our teaching today is is really going to be that, growing into our salvation. Very interesting finding that happened in the 60s was some archaeologists were in Jerusalem and they were searching around um, a a palace there in Jerusalem and they found a little jug that was filled with seeds on the inside and when they found these, some scientists heard about these seeds that they found and they wanted to do some research on them that these seeds had been in a jar they had not been in the soil for about 2,000 years and these scientists wanted to discover if it could still produce life so in the 60s they put these seeds in some healthy soil and all to find out life came out and today you can actually research it these seeds produced a palm tree. Um, A lot of Christians call it a Methuselah tree or a Methuselah seed, uh, the oldest man who ever lived. And so they termed that Jerusalem seed from 2,000 years ago, a Methuselah seed. But the principle is this, life is in the seed, but a healthy environment is extremely important. You understand that? There is life in the seed, but the environment that we create for the seed is extremely important extremely of the utmost importance. Even Jesus gave us this understanding in a parable where it was the very first parable of the sower and the seed where he says the word of God is like a seed that goes out into multiple different soils, multiple different environments, and the seed produced fruit in certain environments In some environments it did not. Some environments the seed lost its life or the life never was able to grow. Some of the environments, it was choked out. So today, what I'm going to be talking about is growing into our salvation, but I'm really going to be talking about what are the environments that the spiritual deposit that was given to us, what are the environments that are conducive for growth? Some people call a spiritual discipline in your life, but what I'm more talking about is the environments. Not necessarily the disciplines, but the environments for our spiritual growth. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up your Bible real quick to Matthew chapter 11. Um, We're going to dissect this verse, Matthew 11. And if you can, go ahead and also open up to the book of Acts. We're also going to look at the scene of the church's birth. Matthew chapter 11 and also Acts chapter 2. So if you could hold those two spots, we're going to go back and forth. We're going to dissect this. We're talking today about growing into our salvation. and, and, And guys, hear me when I say this. There is an experience in our Christian walk where we're longing for more, where we're almost questioning What's happening? There's also experiences like this where we almost feel like we'll never be back to the same experience we used to have with God, where I'm almost just waiting until I leave this earth, that my encounter with the things of God are diminishing, or I'm never gonna have that back. I wanna speak into that today. And the first point that I want us to look at is this the spiritual life given to us will always be alive in the environment of the gospel. Okay, the spiritual seed that was given to us from heaven, it is always gonna be alive in the environment of the gospel. Now remember the gospel says this, you don't deserve it and you never will. So the first steps of that environment that we have to keep as a conduciveness to the life that God has given us is the gospel. Everything we do is gonna be out of the gospel. And what we're going to look at is Matthew 11:28. There's two incredible and important calls from heaven to humanity. The first one is to all of humanity. Look at it in Matthew 11:28. The words of Jesus says these words, "Come unto me, all who are weary and I will give you rest." This is the great gospel message. The gospel call to all humans that says these words, I will give you rest freely. You don't deserve it, you never will. The spiritual seed that is deposited in our life is from receiving that call of coming to Jesus. So if we're in a season of our life where we're questioning Will I ever have an encounter with God? Or will I ever be used by God for for things in my future? Will God ever show up again in my life? I want you to hear first that the gospel says it will. The gospel says you won't deserve it, but as long as you receive this call of saying, come unto me, the gospel says God will produce life. Colossians 1.21 says these words. Listen to this. You were formerly alienated from God. You were hostile in your mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in Jesus Christ, in his body through his death, in order to present you before God holy and blameless and beyond reproach, if you continue in faith in the gospel of Christ of which you first heard. Guys, I want us to pause right there for just a moment, okay? Because I'm talking about us growing into the spiritual life that God has for us, growing into the fullness of the salvation. Now, this seed that he has given to us and the environment for that seed to always stay conducive for growth is first in the context of the gospel. It's in the soil of the gospel. So if you feel like you will never go forward in the things of God, it's a lie. If you feel like God is not going to be able to remove you out of certain struggles of your life, it is a lie. You understand, these things are a lie if you keep the gospel as the soil. Now, what I want us to do is I want us to go to the birth scene of the church and to see how this seed of heaven came down into mankind and watch their experience. Okay, So Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Okay, Hold your place in Matthew chapter 11, though. Teaching series, so we will be using some scripture and we're going to dissect this scripture, okay? So we understand that there has been a rest freely given to us. This was a call from Jesus. And Acts chapter 2, verse 37, we're about to see the experience of the early church from this seed, this soil of the gospel message, okay? Verse 37 Now when they heard this, That is the gospel message. Peter just preached the gospel message to them that Jesus has died for their sins, has been resurrected. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He just preached the gospel to them. And it says this, Now when they heard this, they were pierced to their heart. And Peter said with the rest of the disciples, or they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do now? And Peter said to them, Repent, each of you, and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus For the forgiveness of your sins, and you will, here it is, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's that deposit. That's the deposit of heaven, the free rest that Jesus just said, come unto me, all who are weary, and receive a free rest. Here's that deposit of the Holy Spirit. And watch, guys, that deposit means these one words. Watch, there is now peace between you and God. God the Holy Spirit just came into our life. In the heavens, we're now at rest. You understand that? So in our Christian journey, some of the first marvelous truths we get is this new covenant understanding that I didn't do anything to deserve it, and now I'm at rest in heaven. But the goal for the Christian journey is to not sit on your couch or to sit in the pews with this revelation of who I am in the heavens and just sit there. And I'm not saying that that is our experience. But I'm saying, in the journey, that is one truth. You didn't deserve it, and you never will. And Peter said to them, after they said, what shall we do? Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, repent of your sins, and now, for, and now receive the free gift of the Holy Spirit, this deposit from heaven. Verse 39, for this promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. That is Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, being fulfilled in the early church's experience. Our growth into this salvation started not because you're going to do something to deserve the growth. It started because the gospel message is the foundation of the spiritual life we have within us. We know that is the foundation, but remember, watch guys. When that spiritual seed of the Holy Spirit is deposited inside of you, it is now wanting to start living. It's now wanting to start breathing, moving, acting, fellowshipping. It's looking to live. So do you know why as Christians sometimes we come into areas of our life where we're longing for more? It's the Spirit longing to live. You understand that? So Ask yourself right now, how are you sensing the spirit inside of you? What is he doing? What is he doing inside of you? Point number two, this spiritual life in us grows in the environment of the body of Christ. Now think about that for a moment. The first point said this, the spiritual life that was given to us lives in the gospel message. But the second point is this, the spiritual life that was given to us grows in the environment of the body of Christ. This is about to be key to understanding the direction of our devotions going forward. Let's flip back to Matthew eleven 29. Let's continue to read the second part of the call that came out to humanity. Remember, our first call to humanity was, come unto me, whoever is weary, and I will give you rest. But now watch what Jesus says, because now he's speaking to those who have that seed of the Holy Spirit in them. Now he says, you've received a free gift. Now watch what he says. Now take my yoke upon you. Now learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will now find rest. There was first a rest given to you. Now you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen to what he's saying here. You've been given a free rest. You know who you are in the heavenly places. But on your journey in the earth, that spiritual deposit that is living inside of you is longing to live out. And if you don't allow it to live out, you will become unrestful. You won't be able to handle it. And what you'll end up doing is turning to distractions to try to remove that thought. And what Jesus is saying here is this, take my yoke upon you, meaning this, attach yourself to my body. Attach yourself to my body. I don't know if you captured that. You will find rest, strength, life, purpose, fulfillment when you're connected to my body. Now do you understand if you're born again in this room, you're the body. Staying connected to the body of Christ is essential to walking in the strength that God through the Holy Spirit has designed us to walk in. But many times we receive this free gift from heaven and all of a sudden we begin to separate ourselves from the greatest part of the greatest strength that we'll have on the earth, which is the body. Take my yoke. Many of you to understand what that means is as two oxen that are walking in the field together, One oxen has a yoke across it, which is something coming across his neck. And what he's saying is, be a second oxen and be yoked to me. So be yoked to my body. Now let's watch this experience back in the book of Acts, okay? So let's flip back to Acts chapter 2, verse 40. We see that their first experience was with the gospel message. They have received the Holy Spirit. Now, in chapter 2, verse 40, continues to say this, and with many other words, he testified and kept on exhorting them, saying this. Here comes the call to be connected to his body in the earth. Watch, be saved from this perverse generation. Watch, that word saved is literally meaning this be brought out, be set apart. Okay, you just received the free gift of the Holy Spirit, and now in heaven you have peace in heaven with God. But watch what he says now. But now you must be brought out, be set apart. You must now be different. I need a different body in the earth that is separated from this perverse generation. That word perverse is literally meaning this, the crooked generation or a deceitful generation, a self-seeking generation, And that word generation is literally meaning this, lineage or the family line. Okay, so look, let me rephrase all of that. You have received the free gift of the Holy Spirit. In the heavens, you are at peace with God. But now on the journey of earth, Jesus is saying, put my yoke on you. Be connected to my body so you can walk in the strength with my body. And in the experience of the book of Acts, he's literally saying this. You've received the free gift Now be brought out from that generation of self-seeking, deceitful speaking, crooked lineage of the old man, of the old nature, of the Adamic fallen world. He needs a new body in the earth that is set apart, just as the Israelites were in Egypt he says, I'm going to pull you out of there. I'm going to set you apart so that you'll be my own special people. So the entire world will know that I am God and I'm alive. You understand? That's what he's doing. The, the, the fallen lineage of Adam, he is saving the fallen lineage of Adam based on his grace for us. But when he does that, he's pulling us out and leaving us in the world, and he's making us now a new body, a new group of individuals, but as one body, which is connected to him who is our head. We're meant to be one body in the earth. So why do we sometimes feel like we are lacking strength? I'm going to ask you, how connected are you to his body? Without going into so much, if we only get that today, are we connected to his body? That's why I'm grateful for the direction of the church of where we're going, because it's all about connection. We need connection. Jesus said, you want to know the easy, the easy load, the easy work? You got to be connected to my body. I'm going to continue to read this. Verse 41 So then those who received his words were baptized, which means it was a outer sign of leaving the perverse generation behind and now becoming a new member of the new body of Christ that is in the earth. You understand when you water baptize, what you're saying is I'm no longer going to recognize myself as the world would, but I'm now part of one body and now I'm going to live with this body. That's what you're doing when you're water baptizing. And then watch what he says. And on that day, there was added, meaning put together about 3,000 souls. The body of Christ was now put together in the earth The fulfillment of Matthew 11, 29 of saying, now take my yoke upon you, attach yourself to my body, and now you're going to find rest, you're going to find strength, you're going to find life, because you're connected to my body, and my body is a strong body in the earth. In Matthew uh, 11, 29, watch, he said these words, he says, take my yoke upon you, and then Learn from me. So connect yourself to the body, which we just saw the experience of the early church. They connected themselves from the body. They left behind the old generation. Guys, some of us need to leave that behind. You understand that? We've got to leave behind that generation that is not of the God generation because it's, it's a drainage of our strength. You've got to be connected to this new body. and I'm about to show us why. In, in, in verse twenty-nine of Matthew eleven, he goes on to say this: "Now learn from me, let my ways let my example of life be your example of life." Speaking to the characteristics of a new body. Okay, so watch Acts two forty-two. We're going to continue reading. Okay, y'all with me? Say hello. hello. All right, you're with me. Acts chapter two forty-two. Watch. And now they were. Who is the they were? The new church, the new body. They were, emphasis on the word they were, continually devoting, meaning continuing to do something with intense effort. They were continuing to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and a prayer. There's your new body in the earth. If you're looking for why is my spirit longing for more, I ask you, is your spirit in the environment of those four? Is it in that environment? Because everything outside of it is not the characteristics that God instituted for that body to be in. And I'm about to show us why. We're going to try to go through these a little bit quickly, and it's going to give you some applications for what do I do then, okay? All right, here we go. Let's look at... Our Point number two, but I'm going to do a sub-point. They were devoted to the apostles' teachings. What does that mean? Does that mean that they just read the words together, then they went on with their business? No. They read his words together so that they could live out his words together. Guys, let me tell you, one of the greatest strengths you're going to find is find somebody in your life that you can just begin reading the Bible together, even if it's one chapter a day and say, how do we live this out? How do we live it out together? How do we now keep each other accountable? How do we show this with each other? Let's just begin to live this out. They would read the word and they would say, let us live it out together. Let's do this together. Now, what is the apostles teaching for us today? New Testament scriptures. The early church didn't have the letters written out yet. It was the apostles going around teaching the early church, but the apostles wrote down all of the teachings of the early church, and today we have that in the New Testament from Matthew all the way to Revelation. So for us as a body, how do we continually devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching together? What me and my wife do is we, every morning, we do our devotions together. We read at least one chapter together, and we ask a few questions that I'm about to give to you, and then we begin to talk about it together. We discuss it together. We keep each other accountable. We become champions of each other's faith. We pray for the other person to fulfill what we're reading, and you know what we also do? We say, I'm going to live this out with my wife. The body of Christ is in my house. And I understand that she is the body of Christ, which means as she speaks to me, it's as if Jesus is speaking to me. I listen to her. That is an incredible amount of strength in my house. And I'm gonna put a warning out there for any married couples that wanna try this. You will argue less. Do you need marriage counseling right now? Read one chapter of the New Testament together and begin to say, how are we going to live this out together? With humble hearts, I need you. You need me. Let's talk about it, and let's live it out together. That's what the early church was doing. That was their main design, was how do we live out now this new life in the body of Christ? Look, the New Testament scriptures, guys, let me try to give you a quick 30-second understanding of New Testament scriptures. The Gospels, the four The four gospels, the the biographies of Jesus, those are written to show us who our head is, who the head is of the body. The rest of the epistles are written to show us a few different things. Some are the universal church, who the body of Christ is universally. And when you read these books like Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, when you read them in those contexts, you're going to understand who the body of Christ is universally, But then there's also some books that are written to the local churches, books like 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Thessalonians. Those type of books are written to how the local body of Christ will operate, the local church. But then there's books that were written for the shepherds of how they're gonna lead the church. But then there's also some apologetic books that we have that defend who the just are within the church, who the righteous are and how they live. That's Romans, Galatians, Hebrews. When we sat down to read it, In that light, do you know what we're doing? We're understanding who the body of Christ is, and then we start saying, let's live this out together, and then we have the incredible book of Revelations, which, determining on theological views, one day that body will take off, which I'm in that book, but anyways. The book of Revelations has it where there is the end times, where the church is going to be removed. All I want you to do is understand, if you've had the spiritual deposit inside of you from heaven, it is longing for this type of environment so it can grow. So give it to it. Feed it. Don't just sit there in your house listening to sermons, but that's your life. That is not the Christian life. Now let's look at the second point. We're going to go through these a little bit quickly. Actually, I wanna give you just a few questions to ask, because this is key, and if we don't get one of the points at the end, that's okay. When Caitlin and I read our devotions in the morning, I'm gonna speak this out to you, they're very short, but maybe you have to go back and listen to this. We answer these questions in our devotions. What does this passage show you about the character of God? Does this passage promise us anything? Does this passage provide us with a good example or a bad? Does this passage command us anything? Does this passage call us to confess sins? Does this passage challenge us? How does this passage encourage me? Now the goal of these questions is this. We can now begin to discuss the living word together. And now we start saying, let's live it out. Praise God for that. The second point of... Number two is they were devoted to fellowship together. A devotion to fellowship, is that just going bowling together? Is it just eating together? Loving to play golf together, and that's our fellowship. Look, that is fellowship. But I will put an emphasis on it. There should be something more to it. According to Scripture, There should be something more. And the early church, guys, watch. I'm going to try to simplify it. They were devoted to fellowship together because they were now one body, which means they were now looking to find the weak to lift up. That's why they would go to the orphans. That's why they would go to the widows. That's why they would take care of the poor. Their fellowship was more, we have a lot in common, so everything I have is one member of the body. I want to make sure the other member of the body has it as well. That was the early New Testament fellowship. They were devoted to it. They were living out this example of Christ that says this, no matter what happens, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. You understand, as they were being devoted to that type of fellowship, people were experiencing Christ. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It was read today, Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider to stir each other up to love and to good works. But listen to what happens in this type of fellowship. A fellowship that says this, we're gonna stir one another up to good love, to good actions. We're gonna encourage each other. We're gonna watch over each other to make sure no one slips away. We're gonna watch over each other to make sure no one has fallen in sin. That's the type of fellowship that the body that is separated from a crooked generation, from a a deceitful generation, that's the type of body that we're meant to be and the spirit inside of us is longing for it. So let's feed it that environment. Number three, they were devoted to the breaking of bread. Now when I say that word, what do you think about? Communion. What do we think about communion? And I'm not going to take nothing away from this, how we individually receive it, because we do receive it as this is a communion, meaning I'm remembering that Jesus's blood forgives me of my sins and that his body, he came down to the earth to serve me. But look, guys, to the early church, it was that and more. As they sat around at the table and as they broke bread together and as they took communion together, do you know what they were saying to each other? The same way that our head gave his life for me, is this is the way I'm gonna give my life for you. And that spirit that is in you is longing to lay down its life for somebody else. The amount of strength and joy and purpose in life that's gonna be found in living for the benefit of others, that's what the early church was doing. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, which was the head speaking to the body. They were devoted Absolutely devoted to fellowship, which was Jesus saying, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. And they were devoted to this type of service to each other that said, I'm going to give my whole life to make sure you can live, which is the fulfillment of Jesus saying, I'm giving my life so that you might have life. And every time you take this communion, do it and remember how I served you. The last point guys, and this is where we're going to close. They were devoted to prayer. They were committed to seeing the power of God being revealed in their midst, and they were devoted to prayer and seeking him in prayer. Listen to this. John fifteen seven. Jesus says these words, if you abide in me, and if my words abide in you, whatever you wish, ask, and it shall be done for you, for my Father is glorified. Do you know that the Spirit is longing for that type of prayer life? And God is longing to answer it. It's an incredible thing. But what I want to emphasize it on is this. These four environments have been ordained for the spiritual life to do it in fellowship with the body. That way, the entire world would come in and they would see a group of people loving each other as God loves humanity. You understand? But this is the thing, guys. We've got to put it into practice. That's what these small groups are for. And look. We got to be patient with each other at the beginning. We've got to just go into it knowing we might feel uncomfortable, but it's so worth it once you start experiencing the strength of the easy yoke. It's so much more worth it. And I'm going to finish reading in Acts chapter 2 43. And if you can, if everybody could just stand with me, because watch the results. Watch the results of the early church when they were in the environment of these four environments. When that spiritual seed that was given to them by grace, but as they began to work toward living out the desires of the spiritual life, watch the results. In verse 43, and if you have your Bibles, you can read it at the same time, but it says this, and everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. Meaning a reverence and an awe because the presence of God was in their midst. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Meaning they were experiencing the power of God. And all those who believed were together and they had all things in common. Meaning the body was one body. And they began selling their possessions and their property and were sharing it with all as if anyone might have need. They were living for the benefit of others. And day by day, they were going into the temple with one mind. They were going from house to house, breaking bread, meaning serving the community around them. They were taking meals on with gladness and praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Guys, the spiritual deposit that was deposited inside of you is longing to live out, but we've got to provide the environment for it to live. And yes, coming in here on Sundays and Tuesdays is a part of that environment. But if I was to tell you to start getting a physical body in shape and you only went two times a week, how good would it work out? It's the same spiritually, it's the same spiritually. And I'm going to close with this one Bible verse and then I'm going to pray for us. But listen to the words of Jesus in his priestly prayer concerning, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who's going to believe in me through their words. Meaning as we read the apostles' words, Jesus said, I'm praying for them that they may be one. Just as you, Father, and I are one, that they may also be one together. So that the world may believe that you have sent me and the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. I and them and you and me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you have sent me. Guys, there is a world looking for a different body and we're it. Today it starts. Feed that spiritual life. Give it the environment. And this is how you do it. They're standing all around you. They're standing all around you. Because remember, we got to learn to work this thing out. But if we're divided, what does that say about God? So we can't be divided. So I pray that supernatural love is going to birth in this community, but also in your house. The amount, this is the formula for spiritual growth, for spiritual awakening, for spiritual birth. And I'm just going to pray that if there's any person in this room that the spiritual deposit has been deposited inside of you, but you're actually looking for what next, for more, I'm going to pray today that today you begin to reach out to somebody and ask them, hey, can we do devotions together? Can we serve together? Can we pray together? Can we fellowship together? And watch what God does. And if it's in your house, you need to start it with your husband and wife. Look, Put aside anything in the past, today's a new day, go forward, in the name of Jesus, go forward. And just start. So if that's you, I'm just gonna ask you to take a moment as they begin to pray and and put your commitment back into the body of Christ that God has brought us into, that he put us into. And if there's anybody in this house that you don't know if you're a part of the body, but you wanna be a part of a body like that, today's your day for salvation. All you have to do is receive that free gift. I was a drug addict, a cocaine addict, a homeless person. Somebody said the words, Jesus will give you peace. I believed it, I became set free 30 minutes later, never touched it again. And I left that miserable place and thank God I came in and found a body So Father, I just pray right now, God, warm our hearts. By your Holy Spirit, God, remind us the core of the church. Remind us the core of the body of Christ. God, God, we wanna live this out. We wanna see the awe. We wanna see the power. We wanna see the supernatural, God. God, we want to read your word and we want to live it out, God. Would you bring us back to the simplicity of, of, of reading the word and living it out together? God, put champions all around us that would encourage our faith, that would strengthen our faith, God, that would walk this journey out with us, God. And Father, I just pray that we would have this sense of brotherhood, this family, God. Lord, knit us together, God, as you have spiritually, God. Would you knit us together? Put this devotion inside of us, God, so that the world can see Christ again. God, I'm believing for something today. For something today God would bring strength back into a home to a father or to a husband that's longing for that life that's longing for that strength God I'm praying today God that you give him his help in the form of a body and help encouraging him Lord help walking with him start loving him Guys, we're just going to take a few minutes, and we're going to just allow the Spirit come and minister to our hearts, but also devote ourselves back to the body, and then I'll come back forward and pray with us. Father, we come to you today as one body, as one body, as the body of Christ, as the body that has been separated, pulled out in the earth to be different but to actually be the greatest example of love. Father, we're willing to go there. But today in this body, God, we ask you, Father, we ask you for help just to take the step, God, because I know that the spiritual life inside of us is going to produce the life as we step. Father, don't let us leave this... Room today, God, if we have to, Lord, don't let us leave this room today, God, without reaching out to somebody. And if we're a person that feels like we want to be that one that reaches out to somebody else, I pray that you show us who that person is today. God, it's your word that says that we are to grow up into every aspect into Christ, who is our head, to be the whole body fitted together, held together by what every joint supplies. Allowing each member to work individually, causing the entire growth of the body to be built up in love. God, that is your desire for us. Lord, thank you for your word that has given us light. God, I pray today as we take a step forward, I pray God for that supernatural weight to be lifted. The supernatural weight touch to be given, the supernatural eyes to be given, that vision would be given to us. God, thank you. We're here. Thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for the body of Christ. God, you are all in all you are in all God and there is no one that could come and there is nothing God that can stand against your name God in the blood of Jesus and we just take the authority that you've given us as the body of Christ God to make a difference God in our home in our communities in our schools oh God we stand as the body of Christ not fearing not not shying away God but with the boldness God of the body of Christ we stand together with our heads up and our eyes lifted. And God, we say thank you. Today's a new day. We're walking out, God, in the strength of the body. With joy, with endurance, with strength, with hope. God, thank you, Father. We lock hands, we lock arms in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for the example you've given us and the life you've given us, God. God, we pray this in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God.